Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to the Masters of Modern Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Bateman. I'm not Alex Kessler. And true story, guys, Alex and I recorded an episode last week doing our top blue-black cards, and then I lost the SD card. So that episode's gone forever. But I'll have you know, I beat Alex in our speed round honorable mentions round. I hope he hears this and knows that that happened. Um, And uh, yeah, we're going to get to today's episode. So this is the Masters of Modern Podcast. We talk about modern content here. I have a special guest in Alex's seat today because of all the cool stuff he does with running a company. He's out of town right now. I've got Michael Grothy back in the seat. What's up, Michael? Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Good to be back. Yeah. Michael uh, designs games here in the office with us, so he works with with Alex uh, on cool games. There's really, really cool stuff coming out. In fact... In fact, uh, unfortunately, we actually premiered the Battle Boss, which is a game that Alex has come up with, a Kickstarter. There's a Battle Boss Kickstarter you can check out that we premiered last week on the show, and then the card got lost. So (laughs) Alex getting to actually announce it himself didn't happen because that show's gone, but we're here and we're going to talk to you guys about that in a second. Today, we are going to be talking to you guys about couple sweet new decks. We also have a preview card for you. Um, an awesome, awesome Battle Bond preview that uh, Wizards was kind enough to send us for free, which is so cool. Providing uh, free stuff for us and then free product is definitely one of the most exciting parts of working with Wizards. So we're super hyped to get to share that with you guys. So stay tuned in the first couple minutes. We'll be talking about that preview card. Um, if you guys want to follow along with the content, uh, you can find me at Ben Bateman Media. You can find our podcast at the MMCast. These are both on Twitter, Collected.Company. Uh, Michael, where, where can the folks find you? Uh, I am more of a creature of the night. I'm on the Masters of Modern Facebook group sometimes, checking out posts there. Uh, and I am also on the Masters of Modern Discord, which does exist. It's a thing. Um, but I, I'm not really active on, on Twitter or anything like that. Fair. I'm, uh, also... Also not really on Discord, so yeah, uh, that's yep. a thing. <laughs> um, but we are here to talk about magic, so uh, as well as our show, you can find uh, on Collected.Company, uh, the, the Command Zone, which is Jimmy and Josh, um, and also a show they do called Game Nights, which you can find on uh, YouTube that I was just on. Um, but we are going to get to our preview card right now, so we will give you guys further shout-outs on the show a little later. Uh, there's a set call, called Battle Bond coming out. It's a, the first exclusive two-headed giant set that is being released, and we actually have a preview card we're going to be giving you guys in just a second about it. Uh, Michael, what do you know about Battle Bond? Well, it's, uh, it, it's, yeah, it's the two-headed giant set. It's meant to be drafted, similar to like Conspiracy uh, that they did a few years ago, but instead of playing free-for-all multiplayer, you're supposed to play two-headed giant. And the way two-headed giant draft works is you have two people in the same seat, basically. I mean, you don't have to sit in the same chair, but in the same seat in the draft, and you will both together, as the two heads of a single giant, pick a card from the same pack. So when you open a pack, instead of just taking one card that you want to play, you're taking two. You and your partner are each choosing a card and taking them. Okay. So then they have these partner with creatures that you know always appear in the same pack, so you can... You know, take one, and then your teammate takes one, and then you play them both. Yeah, there's uh, there it's it's got like you said that sort of partner thing that that came from Commander, and uh, it's very cool. It's like, you know it's they've they've now experimented with this a few different times, right? So the originally there was the the, the duo card, but Brasella was that the yeah meld the meld. So they tried that. Uh, you know, there was the BFG from a long time ago. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah BFM from Unglued. That's what it is. The BFM. That's the, the original meld card. That's the original meld card. And then so now we have yeah we have some cool stuff here going on with that. Um, 
it's a pretty cool set. There's some really interesting reprints so far. I've seen some stuff popping up. I saw this morning that True Name Nemesis is back. We're going to actually That's have a, a foil version of that card. Yeah. One of the most unfair magic cards ever printed. Just yep. like, we're going to just make Thank something. Thank goodness it's not in modern. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be <laughs> terrible. Um, has that like kind of ruined Legacy in some ways or not so much? No, I don't think so. I mean, three. the combo decks in Legacy are so fast that, yeah, like a three mana creature is like pretty fair, even if it's that good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's really, really good. Uh, great finisher for control decks. But uh, some other cards. There's a, there's a cool card I saw printed today um, that is called Arena Rector, I think. It's a blue or a, a white and three for a one, two, right? And it's yep. like if when it, it's the Academy Rector except for a Planeswalker. Yep. You get to put a Planeswalker onto the battlefield for free from your deck. So that's pretty interesting. P- pretty cool way to get Nickel Bill God Pharaoh. Um, yeah, or Ugin or whatever. Yeah, something powerful. So uh, anyway, those are some of the things we've seen, but that's not what we're here to pre- preview for you guys today. We actually have a reprint card for you guys today, not a brand new card. Modern legal reprint. A modern legal, very sweet reprint, a card that we really, really like a lot. Um, and I, you know, Alex and I always do uh, a fun, fun ways to reveal these cards, but I think today probably we'll just kind of, we'll just kind of, you know, give it a, <laughs> give, give it away the way that it is. So uh, it's a core um, but I don't know if that's going to give it away. It probably just gave it away. It could. I mean, there's a couple core. Are there a couple core? There's core Firewalker. Oh, yeah. Is I it love that, Ben? It's not core Firewalker. Oh, not core Firewalker. Uh, it, uh, it's, it's a two drop. It's a wizard. It's a zero two. Originally printed in Rise of the Eldrazi at Rare. Is it Core Spirit Dancer? It is Core Spirit Dancer. You got it on the nose. All right. Yeah. So Core Spirit Dancer, guys, is a, a white and one for a zero two creature core wizard. Core Spirit Dancer gets plus two plus two for each aura attached to it. Whenever you cast an aura spell, you may draw a card. So a couple things about this card that are interesting. It's played as a staple in the Boggles deck. Four of. Um, it's, a sta- it's a very, very important card in that deck. It's one of the ways that deck generates card advantage. It's not a hexproof creature itself, which is interesting. And right. it, it makes for one of the more awkward parts of that deck when you play against it because everything else in the deck, they want to be suiting up. And even though you do get a payoff at plus two plus two for suiting this guy up, you don't really want to go all in on this guy. Yeah, but it's also like an interesting card in post-board games where your opponent is like, hmm, maybe I should board out some of my removal because all my creatures, upon- all my opponent's creatures are hexproof. Oh, wait, but if they play a core spirit dancer, I just lose. <laughs> right. Is the best single card against Boggles Liliana of the Veil? Is that just the best card you can play against them? Or is it Back to Nature? It's pretty good. Back to Nature is also pretty good, but it doesn't show up quite as often as Liliana of the Veil. Fracturing yeah. Gus is another good one. Right, you get a bunch of life off it, too. Yeah. Um, so Core Spirit Dancer... Uh, is, oh, engineered has, Explosives is a nice that's one. That's a really good one. Yeah. Spirit Dancer's been a card that's that's been powerful for a long time. Um, it's definitely a card that people like to play with. It's it's cheap enough at two to be a good engine index like this. Um, and yeah, it's I think I have like seven or eight of these that are hanging around from my days and playing Rise of the Eldrazi. played a lot of Rise. Do you play a lot of Rise? Uh, I played some Rise. Yeah. I, I liked to draft it, but at the at the time that it came out, I was like just out of high school and had no money. But I drafted it whenever I could. <laughs> yeah, it was a sweet set. It was just definitely super super fun. Um, and it took a little while for this for this card to really become a thing. Um, now the Boggles deck that this shows up in in Modern is a I would call it a tier one deck. Maybe, maybe it's sure. not tier one. It's probably more like tier one point five. But it shows maybe up in so. top eights frequently. Yeah, it was in the the top eight of the SEG Open that happened last weekend, I believe. Yeah, it's uh, it's very very good. Um, you know, I think one of the big changes that happened semi recently is that the deck started playing four copies of Leyline of Sanctity in the main deck. So now I, I've seen you just told me that one of the last top eight list wasn't doing that. Yeah, the one that top aided the uh, the classic was not playing uh, four Leyline 
main deck, it was playing three in the sideboard. So I, I mean, I guess the meta has changed in a way that you don't need that as much. Uh, less Liliana's maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think uh, you know, Storm not being as big of a deck is probably a part of it. Storm kind of dying off a little bit because yeah. you know the, the grape shot win you just can't get through. Yeah, um, I think that's probably a part of it. It's a little surprising considering how prominent collective brutality is. Um, yeah, granted, brutality is not that good against that because I mean, and it's must have been is, a reasonable meta call because this guy was able to top eight. So. Yeah. But yeah, since that happened, the deck definitely has become more prominent. Um, this was It's always kind of about the sleeper deck. You, you'll see it like, like top eight of Grand Prix, or like I think it's won a Grand Prix before, um, and it'll just kind of come out of nowhere, which is always interesting. So this, you know, the reprint on this will definitely make the card a little bit, the, the deck a little bit easier to play, which should be pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's already a cheap deck. Any card that had been expensive has gotten reprinted. I mean, Leyline of Sanctity is like the, the big one now, but even that has been printed a couple of times. Horizon Canopy. Oh, yeah, Horizon Canopy. But that just got reprinted too. Yeah, but it went back up. Do you see? It's like 70 bucks again. Jeez, I missed that. Yeah. So it's that, I mean, that's, and that's an important card in that deck. That is a very important card, I guess, because of humans. Is that why it went up? Uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. Since it's such a large portion of the meta, yeah. drives demand. It was played as two of in one of the sweet decks that we're going to talk about today. Um, but uh, yeah, so thank you, thank you so much to Wizards for providing this this preview card for us. Uh, for, as I said, for free, it's so nice to uh, to get these that, that show up to be to be shared as part of the community and get to to promote this, the content when this happens. So very very cool. We're very excited about it, and uh, you can see the image uh, which is on. It's going to be connected to this episode. You can see it there, and if you check out our Twitter at the MMCast, you can see we've posted the image there as well. So, uh, but quickly before we move into the second part of the show, Michael, what can you tell me about the Battle Boss Kickstarter? Well, we're going to be kickstarting Battle Boss in June. Battle Boss is a uh, is a vinyl figure battling game uh, where you have a uh, a vinyl figure that'll be you know something like Grakthar the ogre or uh, Cthulhu is a playable character, and they come in a little box with uh, you know some cards and tiles and uh, little plastic minions. And then you lay out the battlefield and you battle them using the cards and the and everything else that comes in the box. It's like super super cool. I'm a I'm a really big fan. Um, it it is definitely of the games that Alex has worked on since I've known him. The one that for me stands far and away as the most exciting. Yeah, and that's why we decided this should be Kesco's first Kickstarter is because we think this game's got a lot of potential and we really want to get the word out about it. Yeah, the design of the box, the figures, they it's very like pop Funko friendly. It looks kind of to be in the same size box and sort of fits on the same shelf space. But what's really cool about the product is inside the box, you get these tiles in the bottom of the box and these little minions and all the things you mentioned. And it creates this whole cool backend play experience out of just what is otherwise a very, very cool looking vinyl figure. Yeah. And the amount of work that's been put into developing this game over the last year has been very extensive. It's a very, very cool game. And it's nice to see a brand new game that's tabletop. That's not just a digital game. Um, so I think if you guys are Magic fans, which I know you are if you're listening to this, this is a great game to get involved in. So go check out the Kickstarter. It's uh, kickstarter.com slash battleboss. No, I think Kickstarter URLs have a lot of numbers in them. But you can find, when the Kickstarter goes live, uh, you'll be able to find information on our website at kess.co slash battlebosses. Uh, and a link to the Kickstarter will be up there when it's live. Right now, there's a link to our Facebook um, uh, our Facebook group that we've made for it, uh, where we'll be putting out more information there, uh, as well as some information about the game. Yeah, and we'll be talking about uh, we'll be talking about it some more as we go. So let's get into the rest of today's content. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is the classic, the SCG classic. This last weekend was won by a blue 
prison deck. Blue-red prison, technically, because of the uh, Garopper Aether Grids in the sideboard, but it's yep. basically mono-blue prison. And uh, it, to me, is one of the cooler decks that I've seen win a major event. The Classic's not you know, a Grand Prix, but it's a pretty big event. Um, and I think it's really cool, and I wanted to talk about it on the show because, as you guys know, I'm a brewer. I love, I love interesting, con- you know, concepts. I love interesting decks. And you're a Teleria West fan oh, to boot. And this deck plays 4x Teleria West. Yep, that's <laughs> super sweet. So you guys can go find this list on uh, Star City Games. You, you can check it out from this from this last weekend. But it is absolutely just the coolest looking deck. It's playing. I'm pretty sure its win conditions are as follows. One of Tezzeret the Seeker. That's like the I think that's the primary win condition that you would play a one of Tezzeret the Seeker at some point in the game. Probably use it as a tutor, but if it's later in the game, you probably plus it and then minus it and just attack for fifty. Yeah, because your deck's playing thirty-seven artifacts, right? Yep. And they're like all cheap. They're all like zeros and ones. Yeah. So by the time you do that, you're, you probably have like eleven or twelve artifacts on the battlefield. Well, so the one problem with that plan is you'll have to get rid of your ensnaring bridge before you do it right which like the deck must have well it's it's mono colored so could you be able to cast an engineered explosives for three <laughs> or you can i mean it, you it, it, it look doesn't look like it's playing so you know the most similar deck to this in modern is lantern control yep, it's playing but a lot this of person cards. just figured well i can cut all the lanterns and thought seizes and all that stuff just go down to mono blue have like a more consistent mana base uh, I guess Mox Opal will produce a third color of mana here, but but yeah, I mean, uh, and they just played you know more like different types of prisony cards and more redundancy versus Lantern Control. Yeah, and so uh, so so that's one of the win conditions. There's two copies of Pyrite Spellbomb in the deck, and there's a, a single copy of Academy Ruins. So uh, you can get the lock going and then start. Uh, shocking them every turn which is pretty sweet yep uh that's a thing you can do and then also the last thing is there is an if an if near a rivulet is that what the card's called ipnu rivulet ipnu rivulet which uh by the numbers at the point in the game you would be looping that land is it faster than uh Oh no! You couldn't even get that land on top of your library. I take no, no, you can't. No, no, you have a you have a Crucible of Worlds. It's playing the Crucible the of Worlds. Yes. You got one Crucible of Worlds to so, replay your Teleria West side of the graveyard, and obviously, your, <laughs> and your Ipnu, which means yeah. So if you if you want to mill your opponent out, you can mill them out with Ipnu Rivulet. Yep. You also have the one Inventor's Fair and one Ghost Quarter, along with uh, three Expedition maps, so you so can sick. find. You can find these lands, you know, all these one of lands, Ipnu Rivulet, Inventor's Fair, Ghost Quarter, Academy Ruins, uh, Tectonic Edge. You can find them with the expedition maps and then, you know, tutor for a crucible using Tezzeret or War of Invention. And you can just start looping whatever land you need for the matchup. It's a very toolbox deck. It's playing four War of Invention, right? Mm-hmm. And so many zero mana artifacts that you, yeah. You, the, and the expedition map allows you to search for a Teleria West that then would allow you to search for a Chalice of the Void or an Engineered Explosives yes. or a Tormod's Crypt, whatever toolbox zero cost artifact you need as well. It's a very prisony deck, yeah. So it definitely feels like it shares some of the DNA of Lantern, as you mentioned. That I would say that in terms of cards, that's the deck that has the most similar cards to it. Yeah. So if you're a Lantern player and you're sick of Codex Shreddering people, you could, uh, you could go into this deck probably because you already have the Opals at that point. That's probably the most expensive card in the deck. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's kind of funny that if if in this deck you really need a Chalice of the Void, you can War of Invention for an Expedition map. Yeah. Use Expedition map to get Teleria West. Use Teleria West 
to get the the chalice of the void and then play it this sounds like something alex castle would want to do a, a four Teleria west deck he should be on this episode i know he's so he's so sad that he's not um so yeah this deck is playing that it's playing like a sorcerer's spyglass it's playing a single copy of bottled cloister yeah i think the sorcerer's spyglass is to play around their own chalice yeah. because you you can't cast one drops into chalice so you can't play pithy needle yeah right so i uh there's that and then the the one copy of as i mentioned bottled cloister a lot of people don't know what this card is bottled cloister is an artifact for four that states at the beginning of your opponent's upkeep put all kinds of cards in your hand uh face down exiled at the beginning of your upkeep put them all back into your hand and draw an additional card so what it means is you can't play an instant speed game you can't react to anything but if you're playing all zero mana artifacts it doesn't matter so you don't care about having cards in your hand they're like yeah. all out and because of ensnaring bridge yeah, there are four instants in the entire deck and they're all were of invention and you're not putting this into play until you already have some sort of a lock set up so right. so you don't need the instant speed were of invention anymore and none of the you don't care you know all these expedition maps and sorcerer's spy glasses sitting in your hand you're not gonna be playing on your opponent's turn anyway yeah so definitely pretty clever there and then as i mentioned in the sideboard the most notable card is that it is playing two copies of Aether aethergrid which is a thing that we you know have seen that's a thing we've seen that's happened um uh in in the lantern decks and i've seen it actually in some affinity lists too yeah it's just an anti-stony silence card yeah these decks like are Generally pretty soft to Sony Silence. This deck is actually a lot less soft to Sony Silence because they're not playing the Lantern Package, which just gets totally shut off by uh, by Sony Silence, but it's still got to be rough with all the Mox Opals and Expedition Maps. It, it, I mean, it seems like Engineered Explosives, Mishra's Bobble, it seems like it gets it's hard to set up if with the Sony Silence in play, and this deck takes a little while to get set up. Right, yeah, for sure. I de- I definitely 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 think that Garoppa Grid is just one of the strongest most underplayed cards like people use it as a sideboard card that card's just good period outright it's very it's very like it is good it's just slow is yeah the problem it is slow but, but it this feels is a slow deck <laughs> it feels a lot like playing walking ballista it just like has a very yeah. similar sort of inevitability to it um so but anyway i'm a fan of that so uh that this, also four spellskite in the sideboard yeah i noticed another that. masters <laughs> of modern favorite this and, is really a masters of modern deck here and two damping sphere also um oh, yeah. but uh yeah the four skites in the sideboard i mean it makes sense obviously i mean this is isn't the main deck in this playing three welding jar too it is yeah yeah pretty impressive well since you don't have the lantern pieces you got to watch out for right. you know various uh interaction for your for your ensnaring bridges or whatever yeah, it, this is an interesting deck. I mean, it's 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 been fascinating to see that as modern has developed in, into the direction that it has, that once somebody popularized the lantern deck, now you can sort of riff on that shell and you can try to come up with other prison decks and other ways to take advantage of the package of so many you know powerful low cost artifacts. Yeah, and Word of Invention really took these types of strategies to the next level because they let you find whatever lock piece you need, and if you don't need a lock piece, it'll help you find a setup piece or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. So that's the first deck that I wanted to talk about because I think it's super duper cool and uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of it. Um, we are going to talk about another deck upcoming here in a second. A super, super cool deck that won a modern challenge. Um, but before we do, there's a couple things I want to talk about. The first one is piece of news. We're going back to Ravnica. Yeah. Right? That was a thing. Yeah, Guilds of Ravnica is Guilds, what the set is called. Guilds of Ravnica. And I feel so bad for Alex because this is totally the episode he should be on because he's been calling this for a year now. Just like all he's talked about is like, he's like, I think we're going back to Ravnica. Um, yep. And he loves his called shots, but uh, he's not here. So we have to talk about it in his stead. So Alex, you were right. 100%. You were right. Uh, we're going back to Ravnica. Are you excited about that? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I played 
a good amount of Return to Ravnica, and I mean, it's it's a great set. I mean, it was great for Standard, great for Modern, even great for Commander. I mean, it's it's one of the more popular sets, uh, definitely at the time. RTR. Yeah, Return to Ravnica. I did not actually play during the original Ravnica. It was during my uh, break from the game. I kind of had like a, a casual Hellbent deck at the time. I was a much more casual player, but I didn't really. Ha- I wasn't really playing regularly, so I didn't really get the full Ravnica experience. Sure. I feel. Um, so you would say that you played of all of the limited sets you've ever played as much RTR block as any block? Oh yeah, I played a lot of I played a lot of RTR block limited. I actually enjoyed Gate Crash more than the average player too. <laughs> I played a lot of um, RTR block actually around you. I was at the store a lot during that time. Yeah, I remember that. Right? Yeah, yeah, that was during the days of the boss. That um, is right. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, I remember you actually had set up around that time a uh, a like triple draft event where oh yeah the throwback draft marathon yeah where you where you set up specific draft formats based on like sets that old sets that would have synergy together so there was like a draft that was like Avison restored uh rise of the eldrazi and legions yeah. for just like the big creatures draft that was the loosest one of the that three. was the loosest one i shouldn't have led with that one no that was the weak one because <laughs> um, packs are so expensive and even back then six years ago five six years ago they were still so expensive well avacyn restored and rise of the eldrazi were still pretty recent so luckily they weren't as expensive as they are now yeah, but well, they still had all the same cards <laughs> the other sets were like i think we were i think we went like what yeah, there's a there was there was Ravnica I, uh, City of Guilds I think was the Ravnica that we picked and or that you picked and then uh, some other multi- it was oh, Invasion and Apocalypse maybe no it was Invasion and uh, Alara Reborn oh yeah 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 right the all multicolor one the all multicolor one was good it was really fun I liked yeah, that that was a good one and then the other one I think the third one was Innistrad time spiral uh, and odyssey for yeah. graveyard for sets. graveyard synergies yeah. yeah it was a fun day and the prizes the people were pissed because the prizes weren't good enough but that's because like the packs were so expensive and the buy-in was so low but i, remember I mean i had a blast I, I don't have any complaints about that day except the legions pack yeah the uh, legions, pack, the legions pack totally train wrecked that entire yeah. experience <laughs> that that particular draft like the rise of the eldrazi pack and navison restored fine but man the legions pack with no non-creature spells in it. Ugh, Brutal. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. Um, but uh, I think the pro the promos were prizes. So like, uh, we we got a promo from like every set. So there was like three prizes oh, for each cool. draft. I didn't remember that? I must not have gotten prizes at this. <laughs> so we got the El- Rise of the Eldrazi Emrakul, the promo. Oh yeah, yeah. That was like the prize for That's first prize in that draft. Um, and there was like a couple. Of I actually just won one of those last week. I played a Highlander Roulette tournament. And I won it, and that was the first prize was that Emrakul. Nice. Um, which is like fifty bucks now. Yeah, I mean, Emrakul's a good card. It's even been promoted twice. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so that is a thing that's happening is we're going back to Ravnica. Um, we're going to get to see, you know, more Jace shenanigans, which will be cool. More multicolor. Um, what are some things that you're hoping to see out of uh, our Guilds of Ravnica? Because there, there's three Ravnica sets they announced. It's Guilds of Ravnica, something else Ravnica, and a third one they haven't really elaborated on. Yeah, the third one is like the, the big secret storyline thing, I'm guessing, right. based on the way they've been talking about it. Um. Yeah, I mean, so we have three Ravnica sets, just like the last two times, where we're going to have five guilds in the first one, five guilds in the second one, similar to the original, and then the third one is kind of a mystery what they're going to do there, but presumably it'll have kind of a mixture of different stuff, similar to Dragon's Maze. Um, so let me let me actually look up what guilds are going to be in the first one, kind of, uh, you know, get the, the early preview on this, because they did say... Yeah, they announced which ones are going to be in which. So here's here's the thing that I want to see most. No question. Hands down. 
out of Return of Ravnica returning, uh, Guilds of Ravnica, I want to see enemy colored commands. And I think, I don't think it's too much to ask. I think at this point, it's been what, how many years since cons? Four? No, three and a half probably. That would be pretty cool if we got enemy colored commands. I think it's probably been about three and a half years since cons, and this feels like a good a time as any. Um, now, we didn't get the cycle of uh, allied colored commands in obviously a Ravnica set. We got it in a con set. So Right, but I don't think that there's going to be a return to cons of Tarkir where there's suddenly enemy colored dragons now. So Right, so they could make it work in this set for sure because we're going to have... Because we're going to have every guild available? Yeah, okay. So the, the guilds of Ravnica guilds are Celestia, Boros, Golgari, Izzet, and Demir. So we could have three enemy-colored commands to open the set. Right, and, and a lot of times in these Ravnica sets, they'll do cycles of allied or enemy things, and they'll just do them across Complete the two the sets. the cycle yeah. in the second half of the set, yeah. That, for me, is hands down the thing I want to see the most. Because I was thinking about it, it's like... So, like, compare charms versus commands, and it's, like, not even close. Yeah. You know, I mean, I do love, like, is it charm? Like, the whole cycle of charms. Yeah, there's some standout charms. Boros Boros being one of them. and is it are probably the two really good ones. Um, and then I think there's one other pretty solid one. Like, we've seen I mean, Golgari play- charm gets played in Legacy as, like, an anti-true name nemesis card that has yeah. other applications. Rakdos charm shows up in sideboards. Exactly. Those are, those are I would say, the other two that have seen the most play. Because yeah. I, would, I would argue that Gruul charm is unplayable. Yeah. Demir charm is unplayable. Um, Simic Charm is... I mean, I see it show up from time to time, but I really don't think I it's I like good. Simic Charm, but it's underpowered. Yeah, um, it is. It has its niche uses. Oh, Orzhov Orzhov Charm was showing up in some up. of the Mardu Death Shadow yeah. decks when Death Shadow first became big. It's fine. It's Again, it's like fringe. Maybe it's the next most powerful. And then I would I say... I get really excited when I see Orzhov Charm in a deck, though. Selesnia it does a lot. and Azorius Charm are both just on the outside of powerful enough. They're yeah. both like... Celestia Charm was a big player in standard, but... I mean, yeah, not yeah. really. Doesn't really have the chops for modern. So you know, but the the charm cycle that was an interesting cycle, and then the tricolor charms that we've seen, you know, out of out of cons and, and that whole cycle, those were all like fine. None of them were like really stand out. Yeah, Esper charm is like the only tricolor charm that gets played in modern, really. Maybe yeah, well, a spicy bant charm every once in a while. Well, because three colors for one effect, three mana for any effect, yeah. unless it's outrageously powerful, is hard to justify. But three mana for two two effects is totally justified. Yeah, like Coligan's command. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so that's what I'm hoping for. That's that's the thing that I'm the most excited about. Um, you know, I'm also hoping there'll be another plus one plus one counter mechanic that is cool. That kind of like, I think one really cool thing would be, uh, and this is just me just riffing for a second. But I've I've been looking up recently how many modular cards were printed in the original Mirrodin, and then how many effects in most recently, what was the plus one plus one counter set? Was that cons also? Like Servant of the Scale? It was cons, right? Yeah, Servant of the Scale is from, is from Dragons, actually. So, like, basically, Dra- Servant of the Scale was them trying to do modular, except as just a creature that isn't an artifact. It's, yep. it's the same thing. But being able to put the counter on any creature is definitely relevant. Exactly. So I would love to see an expansion on that Servant of the Scale type of card, effectively modular for non-artifact creatures. I mean, Ravnica typically has a good amount of plus one plus one counter stuff. I yeah. mean, Scavenge from the, right. from the original Ravnica, right. and there were a few creatures uh the simic had evolve and there were a couple of creatures and that graft like creatures the original. Plus, plus one counters have exactly. abilities yeah, yeah yeah graft that's right so i'd love to see that um those are some some that's like some of the ravnica things that i would look forward to um yeah i would say so i mean it also it would be very cool to have a uh, a double strike creature for one mana that would be a thing that i would love to see like a boros one one double strike for one probably that would be, that'd be nice i mean we've only powerful, ever right? seen 
We've only ever seen two drops, but none of them have been like game-breakingly powerful. Fencing Ace was actually in Return to Ravnica as a two-mana 1-1 one, one with Double Strike, which is the cheapest Double Striker we've seen. There's also been, actually in original Ravnica, there was a uh, a two-mana 1-2 one, two with Double Strike or something. Boros something Swift or Blade, yeah. Swift Blade, yeah. Um, I, I think you know you, there would have to be a downside to it, So because I'm thinking, like for instance, if, if you printed hybrid red-white for like a 1-1 one, one Double Strike, you would have to do something like whenever such and such deals damage, it deals two damage to you or something. So that like, like a jackal pup type thing. Yeah. Or something like that. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it couldn't be scalable. Like it, you take all the damage it deals. It would have to be like whenever it deals damage, you lose one. So like you're going to guaranteed well, maybe lose if one. it had like a more conditional casting cost, like, uh, like, you know, you have to reveal something, a creature type or something. Yeah. Like or that. it's like a zero one that gets plus one plus O or plus two plus one. If you have a red permanent or something. Maybe, or... Yeah. Maybe it's a, <coughs> maybe it's a, a zero one that gets plus one plus O if you control three lands or something. So it's not yeah. going to attack for on turn two, unless you can find some way to cheat the system. Yeah, I mean, like, it could be something conditional, but it's effectively a 1-1 double strike. Right. Yeah, something like that. that. That's, like, something I feel like is long overdue. That would work really well in Boros. So, uh, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited about returning to Ravnica, returning again. Um, I love Ravnica, and I love multicolor sets. They're always a lot of fun. Um, yeah, well, uh, there's a, you know, Celestia is one of the is one of the guilds in the upcoming set. Uh, and so some of those cards could be useful in a lot of the like green, white toolbox decks that are showing up. Right. I mean, the last Ravnica's has definitely given us some, the last two Ravnica sets have given us like voice of resurgence and, yeah. uh, you know, stuff like that, that, you know, generally finds a home in these toolboxy decks as like a one plus of. Right. You know, there was an there was an ability that came out of I think Gate Crash called Cipher. Was that Gate Crash? That right? was Gate Crash. Yep, that right. was the Demir ability. So something, uh, one really interesting Cipher card that I like was reading the other day and thinking about, and it reminds me of it because we were talking about Double Strike, is Hidden Strings. Do you remember this card? Yeah, taps a creature and untaps tap or untap target permanent and then do it again. Right. Okay. So you basically play hidden strings and untap two lands when you play it. Right. That's unless you have to tap down a blocker or something hidden strings. I think the primary ability is you, you untap two lands, cipher it onto a creature, then use those lands to do something. And then post combat untap the lands again and cast something else. Sure. You could also like tap down a blocker if you have to. Exactly. So I started thinking about hidden strings in conjunction with a double strike creature. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. If you had like an instant speed spell, like let's say like burst lightning or something with kicker, like something where you could sink the mana into it at instant speed. Sure. Maybe maybe a walking ballista, anything like that. How fascinating would it be to like generate four extra mana every time your double strike creature attacked? It's not bad. I mean, you'd have to be playing like white, blue probably to do this. Right. Maybe red. Something like that. I mean, that's like a just sounds like a powerful way to get a lot of mana really fast. Now, granted, ciphering onto a creature is horrible because it's card disadvantage. Yeah, I mean, if they have a fatal push, then you're pretty you're sad. But at least yeah. you're at least you didn't pay any mana for your hidden strings because it gets to untap your lands. But you are down a card. You are down a card, and then two if they two for one you, right? <laughs> Which is really bad. Um, but yeah, it definitely was like a cool thing that I was thinking about. I was like, oh, that's like that's like kind of an interesting way to use that card that I never saw anybody do. I wonder if there's something to it because there's also like Rada Air to Kill that when it attacks you get red red. So like, yeah, it's like it's like another creature that you could sort of like use your mana mid combat. So we have like you know mid combat spells the deck kind of the deck. Yeah, maybe it's a Blood Rush deck because then like yeah. <laughs> Rada is good at blood rush this yeah right so anyway I don't know just those are my thoughts but uh, moving on from uh, from RTR 
again, um, Guilds of Ravnica, as it's called. Uh, let's get into the other deck today that I wanted to talk about. And this was a deck that won a modern uh, a modern challenge online that I saw people tweeting about. I saw Saffron Olive tweeting about. Um, and this was this is a cool deck. This is a deck that I, I think apparently other people knew about before I knew about, but uh, is a very, very cool idea. And this deck is basically the Vizier uh, 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 Devoted Druid combo, but like the balls-to-the-wall-only combo creatures version. Um, so this deck is playing 14 lands. It's playing 14 lands and like 20 cantrips. It's playing only <laughs> green cantrips, though. Yeah, no blue. So it plays four Adventurous Impulse, the brand new one, that top three searches for a land or creature. Yep. It plays four copies Ancient Stirrings, searches for a colorless card in the top five or one, one green. It plays two copies of Commune with Nature, one green to get a creature out of the top five. It plays four Traverse the Ulvenwald, which everybody knows, you know, one green Delirium. It plays four Mishra's Bobble. It plays a suite of different creatures that you can get into the graveyard for advantage to power your Delirium. So, like, one Wild Canter. It's playing a single Deadshot Minotaur. It's playing one Manamorphos. It's playing Street Wraiths, too, It's playing right? four Street Wraiths. It's playing... There's, like, one other creature that it plays that is exclusively to get into the graveyard. Um... So what an interesting deck concept. But basically, then it's playing four Vizier, four, uh, what's his name? Devoted Druid. Four Devoted Druid, two copies of Duskwatch Recruiter, and two copies of Walking Ballista. And maybe the, I'm looking at a different list from you, but I'm I'm seeing one Duskwatch Recruiter. Oh, maybe it's and two Ballista. Okay, that sounds correct. Yeah, it's you know Ancient Stirrings is such an interesting card in here because I guess you're light on lands, so you're generally just trying to find a land with it. But right. it really doesn't have that many hits in the deck, and that the hits that it does have don't seem central to the deck's plan. So I think it really is just kind of looking for a land. Well, I think because it's good, you've it got you... four Mishra's Bubble, yeah. one Conjurer's Bubble, and two Walking Ballista, which Walking Ballista is a key card. But I wouldn't say that it's nearly as important as Vizier or Devoted Druid. You're missing the, the most important card that it gets, which is Hall of the Bandit Lord. Right. Which is one of the key cards in the deck. It's a horrible land from Champions of Kamigawa that a lot of people don't remember. This is one of the rare Commander lands. Commander players will remember it. It's one of the rare <laughs> lands that's able to deal three damage to you in one turn, which is excellent. Uh, this is a land that comes to play tapped. It's, it's legendary. It states um, tap to pay three life, add one colorless to your mana pool to cast a creature spell. And if a creature spell is cast this way, that creature has haste. So that's why you want the Ancient Stirrings in the deck, because you effectively need to be able to draw a copy of Devoted Druid at any point in the game, play it, and go off with it. Right. Um, one copy of Postmortem Lunge is in this deck, which is one of my favorites. Yeah, that's so that you can, you can for two mana, reanimate a Devoted Druid and give it haste, Yes, right? exactly. Because it's a Phyrexian mana. Uh-huh. Kind of, you know... I've put one copy of that card into so many decks, my head hurts. There's one copy right here. It's one of my favorites. Um, so, yeah, this deck is... is <laughs> it's bizarre. It's totally focused on, on one objective, which I think is really cool. Um, I mean, you can tell how focused it is because it's playing four Pact of Negation and zero blue mana. And isn't it playing four Summoner's Pact? Four Summoner's Pact, four Pact of Negation. Yeah. I don't think this deck is ever looking to pay for a Pact. <laughs> yeah, totally. It just wants to, it just wants to win. It, yep. can, it wants to draw the entire deck and win um, off of Duskwatch Recruiter. So, yeah, I mean, the Summoner's Packs are good. I think that's great. It's <laughs> it's a way to go and play for free. Like, you just, you can, this deck must be able to win on turn two? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's got to be two at the earliest. I, you don't have any fast mana, really. Um, well, if you play, so if you play turn one, Paul the Bandit Lord, turn two, Devoted Druid with Haste, 
manamorphose that into a vizier. vizier, you win. Well, as long as you have some way to... Yeah, you need you need something to spend the mana on. But with four summoners packed and all these cheap cantrips, I mean, once you have infinite mana, so many of the cards in your deck are just like, look at the top five, find a creature. Look at the top five, yeah, find something else. Exactly. You know, Mishra's Bobble, Street Wraith. Like, it's interesting that like in a non-blue deck, there's so many cantrips that you can see what looks kind of honestly like a legacy combo deck where they're just playing like four Brainstorm, four Ponder, four Preordain, you know, right. uh, just trying to find their combo pieces. And in, in modern, you can just do that using only green cards. Yeah, fact, <laughs> I know. that not that weird? Like, and then, you know, you don't have Gitaxian Probe like a lot of these all-in combo decks would play in Legacy, but you have Street Wraith and Mishra's Bobble, which basically do the same thing. They're free, and they draw a card. So you just, like, you have so many cards that just, like, replace themselves. And then the ac- the number of actually, like, relevant cards that, that are in the deck that you just cast are, like, Vizier of Remedies... Devoted Druid, Walking Ballista, that's it. Like, everything else in the deck is just, you know, there to cycle through the deck. And I guess Pact of Negation doesn't cycle through the deck either, but it's also... <laughs> this this deck, to me, low-key, it's like, it's like funny and everybody's laughing about it. It low-key looks super powerful and, like, very resilient to disruption. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to interact with if they have a good hand. I think it... It can be subject to maybe spinning its wheels a little bit too much because a lot of these cantrips do cost mana and you can play, you know, Adventurous Impulse, find a creature, and then you play Ancient Stirrings, find a land, and then that's your whole turn. Yeah, <laughs> right. And for sure, I mean, no matter how good your cantrips are, playing 14 lands is playing 14 lands. Like right. you could, you can easily, you could easily keep a hand that's like a bunch of action creatures like you know two devoted druids and a vizier and like a land and three cantrips yeah and of your lands four of them come into play tapped and only produce colorless so right. i'm sure that there's hand there's two hall the bandit lord hands where you're like hmm, well if i draw a green source i'm probably gonna win but i only have like seven of them in the yeah, deck or something totally totally well i mean you are playing the four bobble and the four street wraith so you that's cycle true. through the deck pretty that's easily true. But that's, I mean, that's one of the problems with playing cards like that, and it was the same with playing Gitaxian Probe, is that, like, it, it can be hard to mulligan hands that have multiple street rates in them because you don't actually know what's in your hand, right? Uh, like, you the- have these placeholders in your hand, but they don't actually inform you on how good the hand is. So if you have, like, a Hall the Bandit Lord, Mishra's Bobble Street Wraith hand or something yeah, with, with you know, good cards in it, like, do you keep that? Maybe you do, but then maybe you don't draw a land and you just lose. <laughs> it reminds me... <laughs> so, like, this reminds me of playing against um, Grix's Shadow in the early days of Shadow. And, like, you, you know, you, whatever, you draw your opener, you look at their face, and you can tell something's a little amiss, and they're taking, they're taking a second to decide if they're going to keep it. And then they sigh, and they're like, all right. And then they go, okay, Street Wraith, nothing. You look at their eyes, Street Wraith again, and you just see their face sink. Yep. Because you realize they have no lands in it. <laughs> yeah, and this deck is definitely susceptible to that. I think that like just picking up this deck and playing it at your at your F and M or whatever, you're gonna lose probably a lot until yeah. you learn how to mulligan. Because I think this is a deck that's gonna be hard to mulligan with because you're playing such a low land count, but you have so many cantrips that it can be your hand can look deceptively keepable when actually there's just nothing on the top of your deck and you have no way to know. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I love that modern continues to be as creative and innovative as it is. Um, it's fascinating that the format has existed as long as it has, gets these bannings and continues to be like you can continue to come up with stuff like this. The yeah. fact that this deck and the blue prison deck we talked about were not decks that were really on my radar until now. Yeah. Both of which just like won, won at least five matches of like semi high level competition. Yeah. And like decks like this show up, not necessarily like this, but you know, new modern decks that are just doing something totally different pop up all the time. 
Right. Like my Radha Air Took Held deck that I'm about to build. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. going to show up on the scene. Everybody will be talking about it. Oh, it's with hidden strings and a double strike creature. <laughs> How many colors are we now? <laughs> it's modern. I don't worry about colors. Understandable. Yeah. Just take Underst- down your lands. It'll yeah, who cares? As long as you're not at zero, you don't care. Yeah. Um, so what are you playing in modern right now? Uh, I have been slowly putting together pieces for uh, Through the Breach, Blue Moon. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing Grixis Control for a while. Uh, the matches can last a long time, and one of the problems that I have with the deck is like, even once you kind of take control of the game, other modern decks are so powerful that even when you like kind of have control of the game, but you're not able to close it out, you just kind of like are sitting there waiting for your opponent to do something, and sometimes what they're doing is just so powerful that you can't stop them, right? Um, because you know they're like ad nauseum, or they like you know go off with you know. Um, like a deck like this or something and they have a pact of negation that they've just been sitting on all game like it you know the power level of the other decks is so hard that it's kind of hard to just play a hard control deck but i like to play control so i'm looking at something that has kind of an i win button to it so that's the reason i've been looking at through the breach but uh the cards are pricey and i don't want to get rid of my grixis deck because i really do like it so i'm just slowly accumulating jaces and emeralds and things <laughs> are you going to be playing uh modern in las vegas I'm not going to be able to go to Vegas, unfortunately. Okay, so maybe you'll have to just give me your breach deck, and I'll play that. Yeah, if I as much of it as I have. <laughs> just, just kidding. I'll be playing my Hidden Strings deck. Of course, um, right. So, uh, so all right, guys, that's going to wrap up our discussion for the day. A couple new decks, some news, our preview card. Thank you guys so much for listening. A couple more shout-outs really quickly that I want to remind you guys about. Number one, Masters of Modern has a Patreon, patreon.com slash the MMcast. If you guys want to help us out, you know, we literally bought the recorder you're, you're listening to us on. Um, we bought new mic cables with the money you guys give us. It's not a lot, but if you can afford a dollar or two, it really helps us keep this thing going because we don't monetize. We don't make any money off the show. Um, and we love to do it. So uh, patreon.com slash the MMcast. Um, I also do a show for wizardryfoundry.com uh, called 10 Minutes of Modern. If you guys remember, I used to do the show for, for Anchor and then that ended and Wizardry Foundry picked the show up. So you can find three to ten minutes daily on the Wizardry Foundry Facebook page. We've been giving away free modern staples there, so currently we're giving away a Foil Blood Moon. We just wrapped up a a Foil Tarmogoyf. Got Foil Horizon Canopy right now. So all you gotta do is literally enter your information into a Ravel Foil Horizon Canopy will be useful with the core spirit dancers we're all picking up when Battlebond comes out. Exactly. Exactly. So do that. Check that out. um, And and go to wizardryfoundry.com and check out the Grimoire where uh, they have a bunch of pre-orders on the new products now. Um, It's just really, really like cool, cool boxes to hold your magic cards in so um, I'm a big fan of that and you guys can hear I give like little deck techs and news bits and all, all kinds of stuff about trying to brew rogues for modern and such um, all the time so uh, that's the thing you can find that on the Facebook page and uh, June 2nd the Schmodown Schmodown Live El Portal Theater in North Hollywood some of you guys know I do this show the Schmodown it's a like a movie trivia a wrestling type of thing and I'm a, I play a character called Ben the Boss Bateman and my team is playing live in Los Angeles uh, there are 20 currently at the time we are recording this there are 27 tickets left for the show um, it's a 300 325 seater it's going to sell out um, so we're headlining the show and I can't wait if you want to buy tickets there's just a few left be sure to do that because uh, it's going to be super super fun there's like a meet and greet afterwards I don't know if any of you guys are in Los Angeles but if you are and you want to see a live show it's definitely a really really fun thing so check that out and check out the Kickstarter for Battle Boss. It's coming up in June. It's a really big deal. This is a huge thing for Alex, for this company. Um, if you have become fans of the content we're doing, I promise you it's in your best interest to help this game get made because it means that we'll be con- continuing to do content and like have the ability to do that. Yeah, it's a great game. You guys should really check it out. Uh, you know, at the very least, you know, check out the videos we've been making on it and check out some of the gameplay and see if it's something you think you'd like. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Michael, thank you for guesting on the show today. I appreciate it. As always, check back next week, guys. We'll be back probably doing like a Battle Bond review or maybe re-recording the blue-black uh, top 10 cards that uh, I lost the SD card on. <laughs> but uh, as always, thanks for, for being patient, supporting the show, and, and being there for us, guys. We will be back. Uh, let's keep talking magic. Thank See you, guys. you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the mmcast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator.